We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. All right, welcome to After Dark on the Field of 68, the only place, as Rob Dosser said, to get the full breakdown each and every night from those who actually watch the games. Uh, I'm Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman. Tonight, I'm joined by former Wake Forest star Randolph Childress, and Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney. How are you, boys? I'm Incredible. good, man. I'm ready. We will tell you tonight who made the biggest statement. We'll find out how many cups of coffee Kevin Willard had before Seton Hall's huge win over Xavier. And we will also dig deep into how to fix the issues at Georgetown and Memphis and whether Patrick Ewing and Penny Hardaway are the right men to get it back at their alma maters. Uh, as always, we're glad to be joined uh, to be on SiriusXM ESPN Radio. Channel 84 will be on uh, right after the Texas Tech-Oklahoma game ends. You can also watch us on both YouTube and Twitter on the field of 68. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Bet Rivers. All right, let's get to it, boys. There were a half dozen top 25 teams in action tonight. Not like the, the biggest night especially after last night that, that we've seen a little bit of a letdown, I guess, but there were a ton of close games. Randolph, we'll start with you. Who made the statement of the night tonight? My statement wasn't a ranked team and I'm going to go with a familiar conference. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I, I, I think for a couple of reasons, I think they, no one expected them to be number one team in the ACC first place this late in the year. I know it's a half a game, sole possession, but the other thing is, Let's be honest. I mean, Mike Bray was coaching for his job. Yeah, he was, he yeah. was coaching for his job. And so no one expected it coaching for your job um, to come out tonight. And, and, and then they got some really good wins against Kentucky. I know Louisville's down. And, and, but in the past, these are the type of games that they've lost. And I think they're going to be one of those teams. I think they may be them in Wake Forest, maybe the second best team in, in, in the uh, ACC. And I think they, they're getting closer to locking up a bit. Well, that, that's a good transition for me because I'm going to go with your alma mater. I'm going to go yeah. with Wake Forest. Yeah, it doesn't look like a huge win at NC State. NC State's not very good this year, but 
a road win in the ACC for a team that is, again, kind of fighting for its tournament life and can ill afford. It's a bad loss if they lose it. And sometimes avoiding a bad loss is as important as getting a big win. And I think that's what they did here. And I'll tell you what, we may get to it in the afters. I'm not sure anybody did better in the portal this year than Steve Forbes and and Wake Forest. I mean, a lot of Williams, like Williams has been awesome. And the kid from Indiana State, Forbes was, he was blowing him up to me in the offseason, Jake LaRavia. And I'm like, all right, like, I get it, man. I get it. But like everybody does that with their transfers, right? right. And right. yeah, I, I know Greg Lansing well, who lost his job at Indiana State. And he was telling me how good he was too. But I'm like, eh, ACC, we'll see what this dude can do. He's got two, not only of the best transfers, two of the most versatile transfers in all of college basketball. So Wake Forest to me makes a huge statement tonight because again, if you win a game like this, all it does, there's going to be other teams that lose tonight that take themselves one step further away. And you're at least kind of holding firm. Sweeney, who, who do you got? Who is the team that you just felt good about tonight? Kind of has to be SMU, right? I mean, we've got to give them a shout. Uh, I mean, this was a game because of how weak the AAC is. I mean, SMU has a, a decent resume. Their metrics are okay. You're sitting there. They needed something to top off that resume to make them a clear contender to get in that large bid at the NCAA tournament. And they got it today against Houston. And it took a late, you know, crawl back. I mean, Houston jumped on them early, put 51 in the first half on them. They're down double digits, you know, halfway through the second half. And you're just like, can they make this push? Because you felt like if they made the first run, they were going to go all the way with this crowd on their back and with how little depth Houston has, they kind of wear down in the game. And that's just what happened. I mean, they, 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 they started to make shots. They got a couple of huge stops and they did a pretty good job late in the game up until three seconds left fouling a three point shooter of executing. I thought up until then, this is a program that has really struggled to close out games and they did a great job right until that moment. And I just think they, they kind of complicated everything. They tried to foul. There was not enough time to foul. They accidentally foul Kyler Edwards, but you know, the basketball gods were on their size. It's the free throw short comes up short for Edwards. And, and SMU gets a huge win. I mean, this is a, it was a statement win for a team that has a point guard that can you know lead you in any game in March in Kendrick Davis. They've got athleticism on the wings and guys who can really make shots. They had 12 threes today. Like you watch yeah. SMU, you say that team is just as good as a lot of the teams we talk about on the bubble every night, but they've just been out of sight, out of mind. They haven't played high level games. And so to get a kind of showcase spotlight today against Houston and, and pull off the win, it changes the complexion of their season. All right, so how many of the 26 players, let's say there were 26 scholarship players, knew who George W. Bush was in the crowd <laughs> watching that game? RC, how many? What do you think? Zero. I, I, I can't give Zero. you one. I Zero. I can't give you one. I can't wow. I'm the age of all of these, these players, and I feel like I definitely would recognize George W. Bush if I like, walked down the street and saw him. So I'm going to give at least Sweetie, 50, you're 50. a big politist, you know, no. politics guy, so. <laughs> you know, you're, you're well-versed over there at Northwestern. So, you know, um, anyway, listen, huge win for SMU. It kind of puts them to me. They were like on the, like the next four out or somewhere in that, mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. Now they move themselves right squarely on the bubble and they get another shot at them. So that's, you know, the only problem in that league is you're talking there's one team that you have to beat and SMU did it, which was huge. And that team was a Houston team that was, they were 20 and two coming into the game. And 
they were they were ranked two in the net, four in Ken Palm, four in Sagarin. As you can tell, I'm a huge analytics guy now, Sweeney. I've turned into this huge analytics. <laughs> He's made guy. the turn. Yeah, I'm quoting everybody. <laughs> I'm just gonna quote every analytics, KPI, BPI. I don't know what any of it means, but whatever. <laughs> it sounds good. I sound smart. Um, but listen, Houston's two losses came, and people will say this all the time. Okay, th- their only lo- two losses came to Wisconsin and Alabama. So, like, give them credit. Well, yeah, now they're playing without their two best players, best players. that played in those games, Marcus Sasser and, and Tremont Mark. So they're a completely different team. I know they were 9-0 and in league play coming into this game, but, I mean, come on. They played Temple. They played USF twice. Wichita State's not very good this year. Tulsa's terrible. East Carolina's terrible. UCF's not great. Since he's not, I mean, Kenyon Ken Martin ain't walking through the door. We know that. So their best win was Oregon, and they played Oregon early when Oregon wasn't even good. So I, I just feel like this Houston team, while I'm going to give Kelvin Sampson so much credit, because any team you lose to your two top scorers, offensive players, you're usually done. You're fried. You're toast. So I'm going to give him a ton of credit, but I'm also going to say I think this team right now is fraudulent and I think you'd want to play them although they're tough as shit you'd want to play them if they're like a a three or a four seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament depending on who you are yeah I mean I also think I couldn't agree go ahead yeah I I think it's even less about the first round matchup and more about can you really see this team in a final four right and for a team with their metrics no no. zero chance right they don't they don't have the guard play right they don't have the depth I mean you saw in this game they kind of worn down like, I, I really like the kid, Jamal Shedd. He had a double-double. Oh, that was terrific. Pissed. He's so fun. He gets downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Is, he, is he the point guard that you're winning in March with? No, probably not, right? Well, he, he doesn't have enough around him on the wing right. now. Right. And he's not it's a scorer. It's like he's too much on him. He's got a pass. Yeah. He's got a score. Josh Carlton's been awesome. Like, yes, like to me, this is what I was waiting for him at UConn for, for three or four years. And now Kelvin's getting out of again. I, I don't want to take anything away from Kelvin. In fact, I want to give him even more props than, than probably he even deserves. But all I'm saying is like, all right, this team, what have the, the AAC is not very good this year. Let's be honest. Right, RC? I was going to say, what's the difference between them and the ACC in that aspect? You got one team we felt like would dominate it. And SMU is kind of that Notre Dame or that Wake Forest that we were like really good, couldn't afford any lips, but, I, you know, slip ups. But Houston is like the Duke team that everyone needs to beat like Virginia did to get that resume booster because you're sure. not going to get it. You don't get it. No one's considering the rest of the leagues any quad one wins or anything else. It's just losing in a conference only hurts you at that point. Yeah. So you got to beat if you're in the AAC, you got to be Houston if you want to get in there in the tournament. And in the ACC, you got to be Duke. That, that's and the I, AAC, I don't know how you guys feel about, you know, and the AAC is almost like ACC light. It is ACC yes. light. Yes, it is. You know, that's like it's, yeah. it's, it's triple a yes. almost to the, the ACC, which isn't very good. And again, like to me, this SMU team, if they can get one more, I don't know when they play Houston again, but they get them at the end of the year. If they can get one more they're I think they're in, but again, you can't have any other slip ups between now and then. That's the hard part right now. And and that's where it's so tough for these teams that dig themselves a hole in the non-conference that are in leagues like this. How do you make up ground? You're almost 
you're screwed. Like there's nothing you can do other than again, at least splitting and, and maybe sweeping that team, whether it is Duke in the ACC, whether it is Houston. The, the crazy thing with SMU is their season right now is defined by one weekend. November 21st, November 22nd, they lost neutral court games to Mizzou and Loyola Marymount. Yeah, that, that was wrecks it. their resume. That's it. Yeah. Right. Like you, even if you give them one of those back, you get one of those back, it's a different discussion. I and mean, I have two bad losses because those are new, bad neutral losses. Right. Those are both Q3 and I think Q4 in Loyola Marymount's case. Like, like again, you 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 blew all your 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 free passes for conference right. play when you're going on the road and you're doing all these things on a neutral court in November. And it sucks. I mean, yeah, it, I, I think they can probably get away without beating Houston a second time on the road and at least be in the conversation coming to conference tournament week. But you better beat Memphis in a couple of weeks when they play them at home. You know, you, you better not slip up against Cincinnati or Temple or any of these teams. And you probably better make it the, the conference tournament final. Like the, the the margin of error is so slim for these teams. I mean, it, it is almost like playing and being in, you know, it, it's worse even right now than being in the Mountain West or being in, you know, the WCC or the Atlantic 10 because the, the games hurt you more that you lose. I mean, I mean, you know, the Mountain West has five, six teams that are in the top 60 of Ken Palm. Right. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't even rate them that high. That that, yeah. that was kind of how we were talking about with the ACC. It's like you got certain teams. I, I made that comparison only because you got the one team that we know for sure is in. Everyone else, like Notre Dame and Wake, are in, but they are in only if they don't slip up going down a stretch. And SMU kind of getting this win yeah. is like, all right, you can't slip up or you're out because yeah, they won't have enough games going in position. Right. You right. put yourself in position now. Right. And for the last couple of years, there's been talk about Tim Jankovic. Like, is this going to be yes. it for him? You know, he was the guy I remember coaching waiting. You know, he left a head job to be the, the coach in yep. waiting for Larry Brown. Yep. Well, that didn't work. I guess it did work out well for him because he, he got he a stuck better for a job. While. Yeah. He stuck for a while. That's, I mean, he got a better paycheck and a better job in a league that, really is kind of wide open right now other than Houston. So I, I think, you know, can he save his job as well? You know, the, the, that's to me, you go back to like Mike Bray and you touched on it for a minute. He had some pressure this year. There's no better dude in, in the country than Mike Bray. There's nobody that's yes. rooting for a coach more than right. I'm rooting probably you two RC for Mike Bray to go out the right way. Right. Right. Like I, I had lunch with Jim Beheim yesterday He's here in it. Boston. I didn't go to the game. I went to the UConn Marquette game. And, and the one thing kind of I think he was he was hinting at with me was like, I don't want to go out this way this year. I want to go out the right way. And I think we all want these guys to go out the good, the good guys, the good guys or the elite level Hall of Fame coaches go out the right way. And I've said this about Beheim in the past over the last few weeks is like I watched Lute Olson. At Arizona, I went to Arizona, go out because health dictated when he went out. You don't want that for Beheim, number one. Number two, you don't want him going out in a year like this where they're fairly irrelevant right now. Maybe they can make a run. They've started shooting it better. They've won, I think, four in a row. But ultimately, you want these guys like Mike Bray and Jim Beheim to go out on their own terms winning. If they can, though, I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, Mike Bray – 
said it himself. If 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 Wesley doesn't come there, he isn't a homegrown kid. It's over, yeah. right? He he. This is this is his word verbatim. And so he gets it. Fortunate for him, I'm happy for him. He's a great guy, a heck of a coach. And like we just said with Bayham, they got four in a row. Will it be yeah. enough? Who knows? Uh, but who's coming in there to help turn this around? You know, or help get him back to wherever he's he got a was. big time. He's got a class coming in that he really likes, Bayham. Now again. His kids are probably both going to be gone. Yeah. So it's going to flip completely. I mean, Jesse Edwards has been better. Uh, certainly, you got Joe Girard back. So you got a couple veterans. But ultimately, it's going to be a new, young, more athletic, better defensive team for Jim Beheim. That's at least what he's thinking about. Mike Bray, listen, he's got a chance right now. He's put himself in the equation, like you said, to go out with an NCAA tournament bid when the last few years, I think everybody expected they would just be there. Notre Dame, every right. year, they'd be older. Pat Connaughton, Bonzi Colson, whoever it was, he'd have some dudes. And he went through some lean years, you know, when they were older, but they just weren't good enough. And now the good thing is, I think Notre Dame's put themselves in a position. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. But uh, trust me, don't go anywhere because Kevin Willer will join us next and he'll tell you which Seton Hall alum never went to class next on the Field of 68's After Dark. Clear, 90 seconds. All right. All right. We got some questions, right? Here we go. Uh, first question, boys, from Donnie Kuzma. Sweeney, it's a, it's a resume question, so I'm going to throw it at you. Okay. I think you're, you're more apt to answer this than RC. Better resume, Rutgers or Indiana? If you're looking at quality wins, it's Rutgers. Okay. But Indiana doesn't have the bad ones that Rutgers has. And I think that combined with the metrics, which are pretty ugly for Rutgers right now, they're still in the 90s coming into the day. Yeah. I would lean Indiana. I think the quadrant one wins are going to start to be a conversation for Rutgers, especially with what they have down the stretch. They have a tough schedule. If they win three more, you're going to look up and say, wow, Rutgers is seven quadrant one wins. How are they not in the tournament? Well, because they lost to, I think, Lafayette and UMass yeah, and bad ones. They're in like the 80s yeah, they, and Ken Palm. That's why it's Indiana. Indiana's got yeah. the better overall resume. Yeah. They're in the tournament right now. Yeah. Rutgers on the outside looking in. All right. From Lester Lee. And we're going to pick up on this uh, after the break a little bit too. Is Oklahoma RC a lock to make the tournament? They're not a lock, but I think winning today puts them 30. in. You know, but I, they're not a lock. I think they, they got to continue to play, them, play themselves into it. Yeah, I would agree. Whole court at home. If they right. can do that. They'll be fine the rest of the way. They'll get in because, again, some other teams will lose, and there's no bad losses right now in that league. That's that's the benefit. Ten seconds. All right, last, yeah. uh, ten seconds. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wait. We'll we'll come back and uh, we'll get to your questions. Make sure again you hit us in the YouTube chat uh, with any of your questions. All right, welcome back. To the Field of 68's After Dark, I'm Jeff Goodman of Stadium, joined by Randolph Childress, former Wake Star, Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney. We're also joined on SiriusXM ESPN Radio Channel 84, and you can follow us on both YouTube and Twitter on the Field of 68. All right, kind of a little bit of a surprising game just now, guys. Ended the Oklahoma Sooners get a win over a Texas Tech team that I finally put in my top 10, and now they lose. <laughs> now, listen, 
This is a team that's not overwhelming. They do it with defense. They do it with toughness. But again, these road games in the Big 12, there's not a lot of easy ones at this point. You know, at Oklahoma, in Norman, against a good, a good Oklahoma team. Not a great team. But are you surprised, Kevin, that, that this one ended up this way? I'm not because I think Oklahoma felt the desperation of this moment, right? You know, you're coming in, you've lost six of your last seven ball games, you know, or seven of eight, excuse me, including the Auburn game, right? You're, you're three and seven, you're feeling the heat on the bubble. They needed this game. And I thought the crowd was in it for them early. You know, Gibson hit some huge shots. He, I think was eight for 11 from three in this game. I mean, that, that that's tremendous. I think Porter Moser's always been a, a big time, big game coach. I think if you think back, obviously the NCAA tournament runs, but it's time to go to Chicago. Like when they've needed to game plan, they've been able to put together some really good stuff. And I thought they came out really well prepared on the defensive side of the ball today. Hold Texas Tech to 55 points. Bring back some of the questions I have about Texas Tech. Are they going to be able to score enough in March to really go deep? Yeah. Um, but you know, this was a game that Oklahoma needed. I, I didn't necessarily love the matchup, but I just kind of felt like with, with the desperation factor, the home court factor, and with the Porter Mosier factor, that they were going to find a way and did it tonight. Things about to get really real for Texas tech now. I mean, coming yeah, out of this now, they, they got a tough, they got Oklahoma, yeah. they got Baylor coming up and then they got Texas coming up, you know? So this is, we're about to find out. I mean, they lost tonight and you're right that Oklahoma, had to have it. They played like the, the more desperate team that needed to win. But for Texas Tech, you gotta you gotta figure this out because now you got Baylor and Texas coming in. And you're looking at that part, you were hoping to get tonight and then splitting those games. Now you gotta go at those games like, hey, we got to take care of Baylor next. And that's not gonna be an easy one. Yeah, they need a healthy uh Terrence Shannon here. I mean oh, that yeah. that's really what they need. Try to kind of reintegrate them. I feel like they, they haven't known whether they're going to have them, how they're going to have them. So I think that's been difficult for, for Mark Adams to try to game plan for as much as anything. But, you know, listen, when you go two for 17 from three RC, yeah, tough to win any game, yeah. tough to win any game. Now their defense was the thing. They didn't guard Emoja Gibson tonight. He, he went for 30. They did a good job against Tanner Groves down low, but what they did, they let Gibson uh, loose. And, and that was, you know, to me, when he goes for 30, you, you can't allow that. Uh, another team that had a guard get loose a little bit tonight was Seton Hall. And Jared Roden, without their closer, Bryce Aiken, Roden went for 25 tonight. Seton Hall had 17 offensive rebounds. And that's kind of how the Seton Hall team needs to do it, especially against Xavier. Now, a big factor in this was Fremantle fouled out on a tee. He fouled out early, and you lose some of your interior toughness without Fremantle. He's, to me, the toughest. Him and Scruggs make Xavier what they are. But this was not only a big win, and, and I'll, start, I'll start with you, RC, a big win for Seton Hall because of everything they've gone through this year, and we'll talk to Kevin Willard about it in a few minutes. But to me, again, you got to give yourself some momentum coming down the stretch right now if you're Seton Hall. Everybody's we've been relying on saying, hey, when this team gets Bryce, Bryce Aiken back, like they're going to take a step. They're going to make a run. And for whatever reason, he just hadn't been able to get back. Yeah. Royden just put him on his back tonight. I mean, he 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 carried him tonight. But I thought that that foul about in that situation, I mean, you can't even call it a foul with Fremantle going out with 13, 39, yeah. almost 14 minutes in the second half. I like, didn't like it. 
That I, yeah, I, I understood it. Didn't like it. He stood to over get, him, to get right? to stood over him, yeah, and I get yeah. you maybe. But then you know, for him to get two fouls in that, I, I you know, you don't want to lose a player with with with, with in that type of situation, and it hurt him. Let, let's let's be honest. It would be, you know, yeah. anybody losing a player like that for that stretch of, of game, you know, for the rest of the game, and lose him for fouling out is that was tough. But then again, in record wise, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, Seton Hall is not going to apologize for it. And, and nope. you know, fortunate for them, they got the win. But for to so go far, they're going to need Bryce six back. now, Swing. Yep. They're both six and six. I think they're tied for sixth in the league right now. The Big East, to me, you're probably looking at six or seven teams, depending on Creighton, whether Creighton can get in. Um, how, how worried are you about, uh, about X? Because to me, Travis Steele, this is year four for him. He's got an older team. Nobody expected Paul Scruggs to come back for his, his super senior year. He did. To me, this team shouldn't be, like, floundering now. They should be, to me, at like a clear-cut top 15 team. They got everything you need. They got shooters. They got two bigs. I, I almost wonder whether sometimes he tries to play those two bigs together too much, Nunji and, and Fremantle. Yeah, their lineups don't have a lot of cohesion right now. Just kind of feels like they're they're. I, I think because they got Nunji going so early in the season with Fremantle out, now they get Fremantle back in. They don't know how to work it out. Hunter was starting early in the year. He's now in a in a much reduced role. I think he only played six minutes today. Like yeah. they have a lot to figure out. They have not been good really for about a month now. I mean, I was at the game they played at DePaul. They were really unimpressive in that game about three four weeks ago. Uh, they lost to DePaul on their home court this past weekend. You know, they barely got by Butler at home last week. Like, yeah. It's it's not pretty right now for Xavier. And, and and I think part of it to me is Scruggs. Like I've never I've never thought he's elevated as, as, as a guy who makes guys better, who takes over games and matters. I thought he was good today. But there's something missing. And, and given the late season swoons we've seen in the past from these Travis Steele teams, I mean, last year, I think we gave everybody a pass because of COVID and, and they had some severe COVID issues that really didn't allow them to play or build a rhythm. But I mean, look, at some point, you know, they have not been a good basketball team for a month and they better figure it out. They've got a tough stretch coming up three of their next four against uh, really good teams, UConn, two of those, and then Providence. If Seton Hall again after that. So, you know, St. John's the only kind of light night and that's not an easy night, right? I mean, St. John's is, is not a great team, but that's not an easy 40 minutes to play. So, you know, they've got they've got some stuff to figure out. They're gonna go they're gonna go to the NCAA tournament, but they, they better clean some stuff up. Well, the question is, are they gonna go to the tournament and, and be that team that everybody wants to play? Because you've yeah. lost your swagger, you've lost your confidence, you barely got in. You know, maybe you're a first four. I mean, listen, crazier things that have happened at this point. I wouldn't want to play them, but again, I was so high on them earlier, RC, and now I've like, I don't want to say I've given up on them. But I, I have no confidence in Xavier anymore. None. They're not playing their best basketball right now. But, hell, coming into the night, they still were the 25th-ranked team in the country coming right. into this game, right? So yeah. they're a victim of our expectations because what we think they should be. And they're kind of just showing us who they are. I don't think they're the team that we've seen the last month or the last two to three weeks. But, like, what's going to happen? Like, 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 will Bryce make it back before the end of the year? Even if he's just a rotational piece, like yeah, will he Seton come Hall. back and help yeah. them for Seton Hall? Like yeah. if Bryce Aiken comes back, like, like that's the key yep. to them. Like they're not going anywhere deep without him. Right, no wrong, doubt. or indifferent, if yeah. he doesn't get back and get playing in that lineup, 
they're just not going to be that team that goes far as we all think their talent should have let them be. All right. Well, listen, we'll get to Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard, fresh off the huge win against Xavier, who joins us now on the field of 68s after dark. All right, now pleased to be joined by Seton Hall head coach Kevin Willard. And listen, if you had any hair left on your head, you, you probably would have lost it after the final 30 seconds. It seemed like an eternity. I, I don't know what it was like for you, but uh, it was kind of painful at the end there. Yeah, you know, give Xavier credit, Jeff. I mean, you know, we had we got up five, we got up six, uh, and Scruggs was phenomenal. He attacked the rim. And we missed, you know, we missed three out of five free throws that gave them a chance to get back. And they battled, man. But I was proud of my kids. They really battled hard and just a good old Big East battle, to be honest with you. How important was that win, Kevin? I mean, when I last saw you, you're coming off a, a 17-day pause at the end of December. You're now 6-6 six and six since then, but it's been kind of up and down. How, how big was this win tonight? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, to get back to 500 was huge because, you know, we, we talked uh, in Providence. I said, you know, we're going to play at Providence and Villanova home with seven guys um, coming off a 17-day 17, 17 pause. I mean, we were given the first two games away, technically. Um, you know, we played without Ike and without Tyree Samuels against two of the most physical teams. So to fight back and not have Bryce Aiken for the last six games, you know, just shows you, you know, where we are and how good of a team we really are. How about your defense? I mean, obviously in January, there were times where you didn't defend at the level you did. And obviously I think part of that was no Ike and no Samuel, but you know, it feels like you guys have turned the corner on that side of the ball, particularly the last few games. Yeah, Kev. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for us, um, you know, the first, the first two weeks of January, we were just trying to, you know, piecemeal a roster together, um, put guys out there. Uh, and then I think, you know, once we got Ike back and Tyrese back into a good rhythm, I think our defense was able to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, Ike is one of the best shot blockers in the country. Um, and Tyrese Samuels now giving us you know, huge offensive minutes. So to get our full roster back um, and to have time to practice has been huge. So I, I know you follow me on Twitter on your burner account. Okay, I know you do. I don't, I don't need you to admit it, but I know you do. So if you do, you know, I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but I, but I try to check out all of them, right? I'm a huge KPI guy now, huge. They've got like Providence three, Wisconsin four. Some of the other ones have like Providence down at 42. I don't quite get it. What is your metric of choice now, Kevin? Matt, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Jeff, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not huge on all the, all the metrics. Now I do use Kempom uh, a lot. Um, I think I heard uh, Sean Miller saying that he used to wake up in the middle of the night and, Man. you know, it, no offense. If I'm waking up in the middle of the night, I'm turning on the TV. Uh, I You're use not Ken checking Kempom? Come on. I, there, there's no way I'm checking Kempom at two in the morning, but uh, I use Kempom because I think there's a lot of stuff about the offensive and, and defensive stuff yeah. in conference was huge. Um, but I'm more of an old school. I, you know, I learned from Jim O'Brien, uh, way back in the day, you know, watch a lot of film and break it down and kind of, you know, use your eyes in the old school basketball way of breaking down defense. 
I'm going to tell you, just so you can figure out which one you like right now. They're all close. KPI, you're 36. The net, you're 35. Uh, Sagarin, you're 27. Uh, Ken uh, Palm, you're 36. I'm sorry. KPI, you're 37. BPI, Kevin, you're 31. So right now, you are a huge BPI guy. And I like Sagarin. Sagarin at 27. I love them, too. No, That's I right. mean, you know, Jeff, I, I've been – you know, we played, we played a really tough non-conference schedule. I mean, we played Texas, Rutgers, Ohio State, Cal, um, and somebody else. And we were 9-1. and one. You know, you know my, my, job is, my job is to remind everybody that, you know, we were a really good team and we had a really bad break with COVID. Um, and I like the fact that we're getting back to where we were pre-COVID and our guys are in a good rhythm. And I think we're playing really good basketball. Obviously, you know, Jared Roden's been your guys' top scorer, but it felt like Bryce Aiken's really been your finisher in a lot of big games. And with him out, it felt like Roden had to step up today. What did you see from him? And what did you see the last few games from him trying to help you guys close out wins? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Kevin, is, is Jared's back. Uh, I, you know, I think COVID kind of took him a little bit out of a rhythm, and it took us out of an offensive rhythm where um, the shots he was getting in December and November, we couldn't get those shots for him. And he's worked really hard over the last really three weeks to try to just simplify his game and get his game back to where it was in December. And, uh, you know, he's starting to round into that all Big East uh, performer because I think he's just gotten back into a really good rhythm. Hey, Sweeney, take a guess, the over-under, on how many cups of coffee Willard averages per day. Oh, man. Uh, three and a half. <laughs> oh, 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 tell him, tell him, Kevin. That's three and a half before six a.m. Uh, I'm probably, I'm, you know, I've actually, you know, be honest with you, Jeff, I've tried to cut it down a little bit. I'm probably like seven or eight. <laughs> I love here's, coffee. I think it. I, hey. you drink, you drink your brand. No, no. I here's what I got brand. for you tonight. Look, Fanta. In honor of the greatest Seton Hall alum, Did, has he actually gotten his degree? I want to know that. So I think it's one reason he hasn't got more games on Fox. I, I've been trying to, I think, I, I don't think he ever did. He never went to class. I, and I'm not, Jeff, I'm not, I'm not BSing with you. That, that kid would stay up all night outside the gym and he would do his, he would do his spot ups and he would practice and he would practice. Uh, he is, you shouldn't be drinking soda though. It's one of the worst things for you, but he is one of the best kids in the world. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Congrats on the win. Go have some wine. No more coffee tonight. You're cut off. I am cut off. I appreciate right. it, Jeff. Good to talk Con to you, my man. Congrats, my man. Ninety seconds. All right, let's get back to some questions, boys. And uh, good interview by, by Willard, who's always entertaining. Uh, from uh, S. Ellison, either one of you on this one. If Purdue wins out this week, can they jump Gonzaga as the number one team in the country? Sweeney, what do you think? I don't think that the way that the voters operate, they will right. jump Gonzaga, unless Gonzaga was the same areas, obviously. So, yeah. I don't think so. 
I mean, yes. I mean, especially because these two wins wouldn't matter, right? Like beating Michigan on the road and beating Maryland at home. Like they're not good enough. Wins. Like if, no, if they, right. if they beat two top 15 more teams, yeah. sure. But no, right. No, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. You're, Same. you're entrenched if you're Gonzaga, unless you lose the rest of the way uh, from Jacob Tobman. RC does Duke bounce back tomorrow against Clemson. Yes. I think they'll come back. Um, Clemson will be tough. They'll defend them, but I, I think Virginia style, having a quick turnaround, that was 30? a definite difficult, difficult game for them. Quick turnaround. They trapped the post. They completely took Paulo Bencura out of the game by trapping them, and it's hard to dri- dribble drive against their against their pack line. How defense, much was so. that case fault before we get to – we got about 10 seconds. How much of that was case fault for not getting Paulo the ball? Yeah, I mean – 10? Yeah. You got to get him. I mean, you hate to blame it on a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. But but it is somewhat up to Coach K of like, hey, this can't happen. Get him the damn ball. Oh, no matter what. Yep. All right, welcome back to After Dark on the Field of 68. I'm Jeff Goodman, joined by former Wake star Randolph Childress and Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney. Make sure you subscribe to the Field of 68 on YouTube. We are also live on Twitter and on Sirius XM Radio every night. All right, so today, guys, I know, Randolph, you said you haven't read it yet, but you're going to read it first thing tomorrow morning. I am. I will. I wrote a lengthy, in-depth piece on stadium on former NBA players who have been in college as head coaches. And honestly, how underwhelming it was. I gave each of them a grade. There are about 25 current guys. I highlighted about 25 former guys, obviously two of the current guys who were tabbed to restore glory to their, their alma maters. Both were in action tonight. Memphis is Penny Hardaway. They won. They got Tulane. And Georgetown's Patrick Ewing, they did not fare quite as well. Georgetown was right there. They were up at halftime, I think, a point at DePaul. And then the Blue Demons, the fighting Tony Stubblefields, went on a 26-0 run. So now Georgetown is 0-11 in the Big East. They made the tournament last season with a little bit of luck, let's face it. And I think it's time, RC, to admit that – the end of the Patrick Ewing era, like obviously, I grew up watching Patrick, right? Like I'm a Big East guy. I grew up watching him, loving him, all of it. But this isn't working. This is not working. Jeff, this is a, this is it's it's hard for me to argue that. It's hard for me, being growing up from in DC, yep, being recruited by Big John, having Big John sit in my house. <laughs> Um, just knowing what Georgetown represents to so many people. Um, but you gotta admit, I don't know how you run this back. I mean, and, and I don't, I don't like saying it for a ton of reasons. I'm cheering for Pat, but well, you, you, you've said, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with saying for for black head coaches, which yeah. there haven't been a ton over the last yeah. however many years in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah, like you're rooting, and we all are for for success for Patrick Ewing, for Penny Hardaway, for some of these guys. But when you are 0 and 11 in the Big East, in a job that I still say, and I get pushback in this, is a top 20, 25 job in the country. It is. I I don't know if I agree with that. And 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 I'll say this again. 
the reason I said is, is we're going, sometimes you get, you, you hold on because we're old enough to hold on to what Georgetown was. Yes. And that's what it is. Like in, in our mind, knowing what Georgetown is, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it is among the best jobs ever. You think a great city is in DC, but when yep. you start thinking about all the other little things, like what college town is going to fill up an NBA arena, what type no, of crowd and everything you're going to get. It's, it's, it's a lot of negatives. Yep. to being a part of, of, of Georgetown. So even if you go there for work, like, hell, you got to make $500,000 as an assistant to live. Like, you go to Georgetown, True. you got to you go way out PG County. That hike getting to Georgetown, good luck with that. Good luck what with I will that. Say, what I will say to push back, recruiting base is immense. There's yes. so much talent in that yes. area. The practice yes. facility is insane. It might be as good a practice facility as there is anywhere around the country. Right. There is tradition. There is history, especially with big men. Now, I know when the job was open last time, I talked to a lot of coaches that I thought would be in the mix. They were scared to go there, RC, because of Big John. Yes. They were scared. He's yes. intimidating. The word is obviously at that time. And, and again, the late Big John Thompson was one of the greatest coaches ever. And he was intimidating. Yes, he and was. They, they were scared to go there because they, you want to be able to do what you want to be able to do as a head coach. And I think let's call it what it is. Yeah. No yeah. different than what we say about Bayheim. No matter what we say about Bray, yep. Big John was not still coaching, but he still ran Georgetown. He ran it. He, he ran still it. ran it. Still yes. ran it. Still ran it. So you you had to go. He picked the interesting Patrick. thing about he picked Patrick. So now it it's. I said this the other day, and I want to get your idea while we're talking about this. We grew up in that time where these he made this program like Bayheim. You know, we think of these programs, so they're just a big part of history. I don't know if this will happen anymore. And at some point, you know, with some of these schools, we're going to run out of like who follows Bayheim. And now this is it. This is the last Georgetown guy. Yeah. 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 Now what happens? Where do you go now? I hear you. I hear you on all of it. I still go back to recruiting base, uh, resources, uh, practice facility, tradition, big men. It's got like it's got most everything. There's still some coaches when you talk to in the Big East that will say if they had the choice of taking one job in the Big East, they would take Georgetown over Villanova. I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, but I think some of that, the problem you're going to have now is if you come in there after Pat and it's not, the, the hire is not loved by the, the, the John Thompson, let's just say regime or, or people. I don't like regime because it's not, I don't want to make it sound like it's a negative thing, but, and, and none of those guys buy into the hire. Now what? You taking over a job expecting all this, AI, I mean, right. we, we Lonzo, Mutom. Yeah. I mean, the list, the list is ridiculous. This is as great as any list we can find. But this generation doesn't know anything about those guys. They don't really know what Georgetown stands for and what it means to us, what we know it has been. And I mean, yeah, what do they Sweeney do? Knows, Sweeney knows Alonzo Mourning and Dikembe Mutombo and Patrick Ewing and the big men like I know the like, history, but I don't rev- I don't associate any of those like my yes. first brain to, with Georgetown. Right. You uh, showed it with the league, doing, right? right? Like you go with the league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. I, I, I'll ask you this, Jeff. 
do you how much of a gap do you think there is between the Maryland job and the Georgetown job if they both open in the same cycle? Well, I, I talked to one coach today about that. And a candidate I thought could be in the mix for either or, or both. And I said, which job would you take? And he said, Georgetown, without hesitation, without any hesitation. Um, but but I think you can go with either one. Right. I honestly think it depends on probably uh, what league you want to coach in. At least Georgetown's got a basketball-only league. I, yes. I think Maryland, you're kind of out of place there in, in the Big Ten. Here, here's what I'll say. The next question, and I think it's a more pressing one right now. How, how do you fire Patrick Ewing? How do you, if you're Lee you Reed, the you AD, can't. what do you do, RC? How do you, you handle this if you're Lee Reed? I got an idea. The, the best thing he can do is hope Pat walks in his office at the end of the year and just say, hey, it's not working, and I'm going to go back to the NBA. That's the best thing that can happen if, if, if Pat decide. If not, then... I think they're going to Pat's going to make a decision. And I, I was having this conversation with some friends of mine. And the only thing I can think they do. And I hate saying this again, yeah. because I don't want to speak on anybody's job, but something has to change. Like they're going to either, they're going to say, you got to completely change things. Your whole staff, your staff, your yep. whole staff yep. has to go. And, and, and we're going to get involved in helping you with the staff. And I, and I hate saying that because I know that. That's like I'm calling for people's jobs and I don't I, I know how hard this is. I know how hard that industry is and it's hard as hell. But I also understand how the other side of it works and from the business aspect of it. And I, they're not going to roll this back. And, and, and we talked about Penny and the, the difference is we can say what we want. Penny got talent. Now, whether it's an issue about it, you can't tell me anybody swapping this Georgetown roster out. You're probably going to take Muhammad, and that's it. Like the rest of this, no disrespect. You're not taking all this time. This, like, this isn't Muhammad a roster. Muhammad wouldn't, that's... Play, Muhammad wouldn't play 15 minutes a game in Memphis. Like right. compared to the no, guys. Like... No, 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 exactly, exactly. And he's their most talented player, right? And so they're different. So we talk about, the, yeah, there are different reasons for why yeah. these programs aren't successful. So we would all take the talent and say, we can just figure out the other stuff. But, you know, 0 and 12, and, and we don't even know when they're going to get a next win. I don't think you need to fire him. I don't think you should. I, I'm a big fan of his, but I do think something has to change. And, 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 and I'll, I'll stand by what I said. I also to think, me, though, I just want to say time's of the essence, right? Like, they need to know, especially if you're going to be in the market for head coach, Maryland's already doing due diligence, right? They're they're going to be ready to pounce. And if you're in the market for the same guys, and you're going to be you're going to be in the market for similar candidates in certain cases because they have D, guys who have DMV ties, whatever. You better be ready to know what you're going to do. Whether it's we're gonna we're gonna fire him, he's gonna walk away on his own accord. We're gonna make him shake up his staff. You got to be ready to pounce as soon as the season ends and have a plan because that combined with the portal and how much they're going to have to be able to do work and get kids in because. Like we said, there's not a lot here. I mean, whatever Listen, they're going to decide to do, it's got Sweeney, to go. Sweeney, the, the other thing I'll say is, though, you got to be really careful. Like, this is as this is as difficult delicate. of a situation, yeah. Yeah. as delicate of a situation as there is of any job right now in college athletics. Because the perception is, this is Chocolate City. Georgetown is supposed to have a black head coach. That's right. So I don't care who you go get. You go get a white coach and put him at Georgetown right now, they, I promise you, people are gonna Craig be looking at like, Remember Craig Escherich? Yes, yes. It, it, it's 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 
And it's not supposed to be that way, but right. that is the perception of Georgetown. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. I don't know if there's another job in the country that's not that way, but in the former power players five, will be pissed. Yes, the poem, the power five conference is in that job. This is as difficult of a situation. That's why I don't believe they can do it no matter what. I don't care if Pat doesn't win another <laughs> game this year. Yeah, that yeah. AD and walking down that hallway telling Patrick Young he's gone because whoever he hires. All that history, all those people are walking out of that door. And then what? Unless you're prepared to start this program over, and I mean from scratch, that's what it's going to take for you. Like, this is this is a hard decision. Well, I think what you got to do, again, you got to have kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting. If you're Lee Reeb with Patrick Ewing, bring him in. Yes. Do you want to do – do you think – number one is do you want to keep doing it? Number two is do you think you can turn it? Really think you can turn yes. it? Yes. Number three is, all right, if that's the case, we got to make some changes. All right, what what are your changes going to be on staff? I love Lewis Orr. Lewis Orr should be a a special assistant to the head coach. Just like Jeff Lebo should be at North Carolina. Those dudes aren't – you need to be recruiters these days. If I'm a head coach, I'm hiring some young dudes that can go out there and connect with these kids that are younger, that are going to be able to recruit. I love Lewis Orr. But that's not what he is anymore. That's what he was 20, 25 years ago. So that's where I'd start. To me, again, the Penny Hardaway, they win tonight. They're getting in talent. They can turn it. They can turn this thing a lot easier than Patrick Ewing. But honestly, if you look at the story I wrote, you will be amazed. And I'm going to give you this before we we, we go to yeah. break here in a minute. You're not going to get this answer. Sweeney's already read the story, so he knows the answer to this. <laughs> He cheated. Now, again, minimum 200 games played in the NBA in their careers. Mm. So Tony Bennett doesn't qualify for the current guys. I didn't give one A- minus or A out to all the formers or currents. The highest former, I gave a B+. Plus. You want to guess who it was, RC? I couldn't guess. I couldn't even begin. We gave two B pluses. I did. I gave two. One. One's, one's obvious, right? It's yep. Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard to a current. To a yes. current, right. the former was Al Skinner. Wow! Did, did you know he played over three hundred games? I, in the I NBA? would have never. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I would have never. And I was just talking about him because the current staff. He had just spoken with Earl Grant and that staff about how he was successful at BC, and they were picking his brain about how to get that culture back up there that he had created. And he was a heck of a coach, obviously. And, and, and he, he, he did some great things. So he did I would some have great never things at a really, really difficult yes. place. Yes. But amazing of all these guys. And there were different reasons. And I went through all of them. You know, some of it was some guys. And I talked to Bobby Hurley just the other day about this. He said, I had two years an assistant coach at Wagner, one at URI under my brother before I got a head coach and I got it at Buffalo. Damon Stoudemire told me ego is a huge thing for former NBA players, that they got to put that ego aside and make it about the players and not themselves. Staff, Fred Hoiberg said, was the most important thing. And that's where I think, you know, Ewing Stackhouse might have gone in the wrong direction, uh, especially Stackhouse, where Hoiberg inherited TJ Otzelberger on his first staff, hired Bobby Lutz, who had been a longtime former NBA, NBA uh, college head coach at Charlotte with some success. So, you know, different reasons. But I, I think we agree that this Patrick Ewing situation is really difficult for Georgetown to navigate. 
but ultimately I don't know how it turns and we get Georgetown back to what it was even I don't even care what it was just get to the tournament three out of every four years at this point that's what Georgetown should be and 0 and 11 in the Big East is not what anybody thought Hoya Paranoia was going to turn into right now under Patrick Ewing the head coach I'm not, not sure a better job in the Big East, right? I think it's fair to say it's the it's it's the best job in the Big East. I mean, can, I, I is think there a so. I mean, job? Villanova people, you know, people tend the problem people have is they tend to look at success or lack of success recent. So people are trying to tell me, Providence fans, Providence is a better job than Georgetown. There's no way in hell that's the case. No chance. But they think because Ed Cooley has done a better job than Patrick Ewing, it's a better job. There's a big, big difference. All right. Yes. When we come back, Field of 68 After Dark, we are going to play a game called Fraud or For Real, in which Sweeney is going to go out on a limb here and tell me whether Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans are frauds or not. So stick with us after the break. <laughs> Clear. 90 seconds. All right. All right. Goodman's elite with the teases. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But uh, all right, what do we got for uh, for some questions in the chat here? Uh, who do you think Georgetown would target for for potential uh, for a head coach? Again, I I don't, don't see how they move there. past them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because I I can't see it. I just don't see how they make that. I think the the first thing would be clean house, change of staff, or something I of that too. nature. I just don't see Pat. You know. I think they'll give him a chance. But is giving yeah, him is a new staff to a two-year deal, right? I mean, it, is it, a new staff's not going to fix this for next year. They don't have they don't well, have players. But it could even if they go to the portal, because of the portal. It, because because the portal. The portal. it could be. Right, it but could even be with the portal. portal, I mean, they'd have to get. I mean, they would need Alondis Williams and Jake Laravia to fix this. I mean, uh, but they, but at least you would know if it trends in that direction. Right. That's it fair. Says, okay, this is yeah. One more year. I like where we're going. Yes, right, Pat. Here's the deal. We're yep. going to give you one more year if you want it. You right. got to change your staff 30. and let's see if we make real progress or not. And if you're at the bottom of the Big East again next year, then all right, we'll all agree we all to agree do this again and, and go our separate ways. I, I think that's what you need to do here. Yeah. You need to give him kind of that year ahead of time right. to, to try to kind of figure it out at this point. Uh, I would say the guy I would go after is, is Ed Cooley. He's the guy I would go after. I don't think you can get him. I don't think he leaves his hometown of Providence, but that's the guy I would try to get. I don't think he'd leave because it's in the same conference. I think Maryland has a better chance to get him. Yep. All right. Welcome back to the Field of 68's After Dark. I am Stadium's Jeff Goodman, joined by former Wake star Randolph Childress and Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney. And uh, that was an interesting conversation. Patrick Ewing, <laughs> should he stay or should he go at Georgetown and how complicated it is? We we didn't we wanted to get to Penny Hardaway. We never even quite got there. We'll do yeah. that next time, guys, because I, I think we could spend a whole segment on the Penny situation and uh, some of these other guys that are struggling. Fred Hoiberg, 2.0. Did they get their first uh, Big Ten win tonight, Sweeney? Uh, yes, they did. They hung on. Big win. Big win for uh, Hoiberg, 2.0, and his $18.5 million buyout if they choose to move on from him um without cause all right we're gonna play a game of fraud or for real now and i can't wait to get to michigan state but we're gonna we're gonna build up to that one and see what sweeney <laughs> says 
We're going to start with within the ACC. So we got to start with our ACC guy, and that is uh, Randolph Childress. All right, Duke. They are 19 and four. They are second place in the ACC, Randolph, which makes it where the streak could extend. The last time they have won an ACC regular season title was, I don't even know if Sweeney was born. It was 2010. <laughs> uh-uh. it was, Rude. I'm kidding. Not judging by his diapers. <laughs> but Rude. Uh, they're coming off a loss to Virginia, yeah. one in which nobody expected. They were kind of out-toughed. Paulo didn't take a shot, really, the whole second half. Are they are they a fraud as a national title contender, or or are they still for real? They for real. I I don't think that. I, I think when you watch the game, the only thing that surprised me was I mean Virginia played great and they had begun to they had begun to play really good basketball. They're starting to score. We know they're going to defend. They always trapped the post. I don't think they had seen that all year, and they would determine every time you know Ben Carroll touched the ball, they're going to trap him. They were getting the ball out of his hands. He would screen, get the switches, but they were trapping him. He did the right thing. And the thing I was surprised about the most was how they went at those guys in the post defensively. Like Jaden Gardner and those guys for, for buckets. And I was really impressed with Gardner and, and, and Kafaro and, and, and Shedrick. Those guys went at those guys in the post and got them in foul trouble and scored. And I, I didn't see that. That that was the biggest surprise to me. All right. Sweeney, you're up next. The Pac-12's second-place team, which I don't think anybody thought we'd be saying at this point in the season. I thought we thought, you know, the Bruins would be running away with this thing because nobody thought Arizona was that good. UCLA is 9-3 is and three in the Pac-12. They were swept out in the desert by Arizona. No surprise. Well, a little bit of a surprise, but it's McHale. And I went to Arizona, so I know how hard <laughs> it is to win at McHale. Uh, but they also lost at Arizona State. Is UCLA a legitimate national title contender, Sweeney? I, I think they're a tier below, you know, that 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 top six, seven, eight teams we've kind of talked about all year. I, I just don't necessarily know that they have the the top end elite dudes. I think they work too hard to get good shots a lot of times. And their defense has been better lately, but you know, I, I just don't think they do anything at elite enough level to, to really, you know, be a national title team. Yeah, I, I kind of agree at this point. And I kind of knew that going into the year, even after watching them beat Villanova at Poly. I was there and I'm talking to the players afterwards. I'm like, you know, you guys are closer to a Final Four contender than I, than I thought, but I'm still not completely bought in. I still, I still kind of remember that first four. It's still in my mind that that's what you were most of last season. So I'm kind of with you. All right, Illinois. You know, 17 and six, they're tied for first right now in the three-way tie in the Big Ten. Kofi's been a monster. Curbelo has not been. Curbelo's been tough to figure out right now. Um, RC, national title contender? Yes, I still like him. I do too. I do too. I think I think they have all the pieces. I think they've got veterans. I think they've got good chemistry. I was there a couple weeks ago with Sweeney, and uh man, that was an impressive win over the Michigan state Spartans who came into Champaign and they just, there's something about a missing. I don't know if it's a star. I don't know if it's point guard play. I don't know what it is. <laughs> They're fourth in, in the big 10. And I think they were picked in the preseason, like seventh in the in the big 10. So 
my question to you, not whether they're national title contenders, because they're not. But but are they quickly in one word, are they sweet sixteen contenders? They're contenders, but I wouldn't bet on them to be there. So All no. right, there you have it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us after dark. Goodman, RC, Sweeney. We're out. Clear. Hey, we All needed right. to talk about Georgetown, though, because we we, yeah. we at least spoke on Memphis before. Yeah, for yeah. a long time. But, but Georgetown needed to be kind of let's put that out there. And that was I think we framed it in a in a in a way that hasn't gotten a lot of talk. So I was just they suck, they suck. Oh, can you right. fire Pat? We I thought we gave it some some different angles. So. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and we could talk probably for another half an hour on that situation. And and again. What I don't think people understand is how complicated it is. Yes. This isn't this isn't moving on from, you know, I'm trying to think of another guy right now who's at, at their own who, who else is at their alma mater right now, you know, that that's like this guy is an institution at he Georgia. Is, he is the like like it started with him. Yes. Like like it's big no George program. Yes, Georgetown isn't Georgetown without Patrick Ewan. And he's exactly. earned, and, and honestly, just like we say about, and I should have said this even, he's earned the right because he started that program. He started it. And 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 I think that he he's earned the right because he started it to say, hey, I, look, I yep. need to figure this out. This isn't working. Let me try yep. something different. Like you, you owe him that because there is no Georgetown basketball without Patrick Ewan. All right, welcome to the, the Field of 68 Afters. Uh, the good news, guys, and, and right now I think uh, Bobby Doster is celebrating because we hit 10,000 subscribers today <laughs> on YouTube. So right now I picture Rob with like one of those party hats on, balloons, uh, probably woke up his kids because he's just, you know, that type of dad that doesn't understand, you know, let, let, let the kids, let the sleeping kids lie. And he's probably running around screaming, whatever. But uh, congrats, Rob. Uh, 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, hell of a job what you built um, with, with the whole Field of 68 and, uh, and Field of 12. Um, all right, what's more important to peace of mind, guys? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN, which believe it or not, guys, I used when I was in Lithuania, swear to God, <laughs> is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN in all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Want to make some money? How about you invest it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol, 
without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. All right, guys, let's get to it. The afters, uh, appropriately named by our own Bobby Doster. And uh, we'll take your questions. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to get into to, to best transfers, but I, I think I'd rather let's just take some questions from uh, from the chat if we can and mm -hmm. uh, see what we got in here. All right. What do we got, guys? Let, let's I'm going to I'm going to kind of get everybody going here Let's see what we got. All right. General thoughts on Marquette after uh, after seeing Chaka last night at UConn. Listen, I, I think he's done a hell of a job. He seems happy. That's the coolest part for Shaka. Like, I just felt like he was never really, you know, you go to Texas and your AD leaves right away. I was at the Big 12 tournament three years ago, and we were addressing Shaka's future then. It was that long ago. Three years, the dude's been dealing with this. I was at the Abilene Christian game. It was ugly. I almost, like, it was the perfect storm for him in a way, right? He, he gets fired, gets out of Texas, and he lands a better job for him and maybe a better job overall because they care about basketball, right? I agree. I, I think it's a better fit. I, I've said this all along. No disrespect to Chris Beard down in Texas. The expectations of Texas, because they have money, is they're not – They've never been this national championship program right. that that created this expectations. And I think, you know, you 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 lose a great one in Rick Barnes and it's time to move for whatever it is. But they were, what, 18 out of 19 years or whatever it was. He missed all but one tournament and they yeah. just got bored with it. And they begin to oh, think my. that it's, it's expected that yeah. we should be taking the next step. This isn't football, you know, folks. I mean, this isn't you don't even win it in football. I mean, it, you know, it's just. It's just everything they stays bigger in Texas. And I hate to sound this way because I always sound like I'm I'm anti-Texas and I'm not. Yeah. But yeah. the expectations there are so unrealistic to me at times. It's like, come on, like you, you know, you're you it's a better fit for him. He's just happier. But I think that you just get tired of not being able to live up to something that no one else has ever done there as well. And I think that even, that's even the Longhorn network is fun. Oh, yes. Everything right? about I don't even know where everything to find about it. it. Yes. I don't even know. Sweeney, what numbers can you find the Longhorn Network? Which is why I think they no. ran to the SEC. Yeah. 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 I, I will say this. I mean, we, we talked about Georgetown and Villanova is the best jobs in the Big East. Marquette's right there. I mean, yeah. first off, the coaches who've been there get better jobs or get, you know, high other high major jobs they want to leave. Uh, but the resources are really, really good there, too. I mean, I mean, the money and, you know, they play in an awesome arena. Like they have, they have everything you need. The students are really engaged. The fan base is good. Like you have everything you need to be really successful. And, and like you said, Jeff, I mean, I, I don't know Shaka, uh, but I mean, I'm sitting in press conference. He just looks kind of content. He, yeah. he, he yeah. there was, you could just kind of see how it wore on him just the way, you know, his expressions over the last couple of years. And I think he's content. I think he has a very unique team in the fact that, most teams is defense feeds off their offense and their offense really feeds off how well they defend. And they're just so bought into to what he's preaching that I think they'll be successful. Even if, you know, even when, you know, shots don't fall, I mean, they're going to have, they've had a couple stretches this year where they've been unbelievable. They have a couple stretches where it's been a little bit, a little bit shakier, but I just think that the way that they guard and how, how bought in and, and together they are, will we'll carry them across the finish line more times than not. 
And UConn needed that game so bad. Yeah, 100%. Like they out toughed them because it was one of those games where Mike, listen, the best part of the game, I'm not going to lie, was just watching Danny Hurley on the sideline. I hadn't seen him in three years. <laughs> and I even said that to him after. I've known Danny since he was at St. Benedict's early days, like not even good St. Benedict's, bad St. Benedict's. And uh, I'm texting with Bobby Hurley during the game. And I said, listen, you're – your elite level, your high is higher than Danny in terms of your 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 entertainment value and your insanity. I said, but Danny's higher than you overall. He's more consistent than you. Like he flexed at one point. He's he did one of these at one. I mean, like <laughs> it 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 was so good that uh that again I could watch him all day. And and listen, I don't know how coaching against him, I'm sure people are going crazy. Like the other coaches probably can't stand it, but he gets the crowd going. You know, it's it's college. He is a oh, college yeah. head coach. I'll put it this way. My my brother is the head manager for Sienna's women's basketball team. His job basically is to be the hype man on the bench. Yeah. I mean, that he, he looks like Danny Hurley out there, except right. he can't trip the rest like Danny. Yes. Like it, he's running up and down. He's you know, banging his head. He's, I mean, it's just tremendous. It's, tremendous. it's a comedy show to watch. Uh, all right. What else we got? We got uh, – um, RC, who, who are the craziest fans? Ooh. Was it Duke? Clearly, like, like I'm dealing with Arkansas fans today on Twitter. Like, and I go through like tw- my craziest Twitter fan bases. Who is that fan base that was just like Duke had had reason to be crazy, but like, who is the one that wanted like Texas Tech wants to be something? Arkansas wants to be something they haven't been in so long. Who's that fan base? If we're going to say ACC play, I would say it probably was Clemson. Yeah. Like surprisingly, it was one of those places when you went in and when you came out of there, it was just different. It was just hard as hell to get out of there. You were blown away with the, the noise and what the student section was doing and wait. I mean, they were right at the bench, the stuff that was coming out of their mouths. I mean, it was, (laughs) Yeah. It, it was it was underrated. You expected it from Duke because they called it the Cameron crazy and they get all the hype and all that. But Clemson was probably one of the more underrated environments. Uh, Carter Elliott, our friend, uh, whether Wake can win the ACC. And is the win tonight the reason RC is showing skin with the deep V-neck? <laughs> <laughs> this is my summer league shirt, man. This is my... All right, Carter. You go to bed, man. I know your wife's calling you. You gotta wake <laughs> up and you, you gotta work out in the morning. I, you know what? I, I I think they can, but they can't beat Duke. I I don't think they're just. No. I don't think they're built to to beat Duke. Duke is the one team that matches their size and athleticism, and they have the they have the size to put on the line just to kind of slow them down. Uh, they're the only team that I just can flat out say would give Wake trouble. Everyone else, I think Wake can, can beat everyone else. Hey, Sweeney, I'm going to uh, Texas Baylor this weekend. Okay. Can Texas beat Baylor in Waco? I, I kind of think that it can. I wouldn't bet on it, but, I mean, I think Texas is turning the corner. And I tweeted it during the Texas Tech game, and, and, mm. and you know, it didn't feel like it because they're down by double the second half, but they were, I mean, their offense started to look like it had some semblance of, of a, a rhythm. <laughs> to it. A T.O. Yeah. 
Good. No, I'm gonna let you finish. I got. I mean, look, right, and, right. and they put 80 on Kansas on on Monday night. Like, I, I I think it's real hard to win in Waco. I think, but but Baylor's had some issues defending lately. I mean, since the uh, since the first of the year, if you look on, on T rank, I don't Goodman. I don't know if that's in your analytics. I gotta log, get that. T, I gotta <laughs> add that to my arsenal. T rank. But, but you can you can kind of sort by date. If you go from January first yeah. on, Baylor's defense was like 46th in the country, which is you know not bad, but it's not. Yeah. It, you know, it's not Scott Drew Baylor. It's what was it before that? Was it like top? It was top, top 10. five. They were top 10. Top, yeah, five. top 10, yeah, top five. Were, were, yeah. So they've regressed a little bit. And, you know, Texas has the athletes. If they make shots, I think they can hang. I don't know if they win it, but I think Texas is starting to turn a corner. They're darting and they're playing with intensity and their offense is, is starting to starting to figure it out. So you got them winning this week? I don't. I wouldn't. I, I'm not betting on them winning, but okay. Goodman asked if they could win. I think they could absolutely win that game. RC doesn't. He, he's not buying. That. I'm not either. I'm not I'm either. Buying now, the one thing I'll say, more than anything about that Texas Tech game, is that I wasn't sure they were tough enough mentally to mm. even stay in that game. I thought they might get blown out, like twenty plus, and not being close the whole way, and it started ugly. But they kind of fought back. They, they showed back. me they something. Yeah. That, like, but that 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 game was ridiculous. I know you were there, but that atmosphere. Oh, oh. Has, has there been a better one this year? Like, that was ridiculous. No. RC, that there hasn't ridiculous. been a better one. There hasn't been a better one maybe in certainly five years for me. That was crazy. Five years. And I've been to, you know, yeah. I try to yeah. cherry pick the best ones. I'm yeah. at them for the most part. The hatred, that was the difference yes. in that. Yes. It was it was the hatred. Uh, all right. Is Wisconsin going to sneak onto the one line? Now, if you ask somebody Ooh. like me, I would say they absolutely should, looking at their resume. Sweeney, tell me why why they're not, why they're not going to be considered for the one line. Because I don't understand that part of it. Just because they don't win games by enough points and their efficiency isn't good enough, or can they still get on the one line? We can shout out the uh, Feeling the 68 uh, on this network. <laughs> Great practicality <laughs> show. Uh, they're better at this than I am. But, you know, Lucas Harkins, one of our one of our rotating panel here, and he, he, t- he, he tells me, he looks at the numbers, says every year, you know, if, if you're not among the truly elite teams in the net and, and in Ken Palm, you're not getting a one seed and you're probably not getting a two seed. And, you know, I think, I think Wisconsin's resume reminds me a fair amount of Oklahoma State's last year. Where they they had you know just all these great wins, but it just didn't move the needle for the metrics. And I think I think Wisconsin's going to wind up probably I think probably a three seed. Maybe they get that last two seed. Yeah. Hey, look, we get two weeks until the uh, or a week and a half until the top sixteen reveal. I'll answer that hundred percent confirm whether Wisconsin has a chance to the one seed after that. But you know I, I don't I don't think I don't think they deserve it. a one seed. But right. I think I think that I think they deserve a two. Right? I think they deserve. Well, a two well, but we're saying a two like. Fin- assuming they're going to finish over Purdue, I mean, what, what are they going to finish with, with Purdue with 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 uh, 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 Illinois? I mean, uh, I mean, where do they finish to get a two seed? I think second. Probably they have to get to second. In they the have to finish second in the Big Ten. Okay, in Big yeah. Ten. I agree. So they have to. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess could the Big. I don't know if the Big Ten is going to get three of the top eight teams. I don't see that happening. No. Wisconsin to be a three, and Illinois. I, Illinois I, is not a two seed. Illinois is a three or four. I think. But can they move up? But but, but they right. can though. That's what we're saying. Right. Like if they, right. th- but they're in position that they can finish first in the in the Big Ten. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right. Who who who's your 
if if you got to bet your paycheck, and I know Sweeney, you're making you just got a Ooh. huge raise recently. <laughs> SI, they, they gave everybody raises over there, RC. So Sweeney is spending money like it's yeah. cool. okay. Like I'm, he's I'm, already, trips. I'm already taking everybody out to the final four. So there you um, go. Taking everybody yeah. to the final four. He just went to Colorado, Wyoming. I mean, he is drinking out in Fort Collins. <laughs> I, I heard he was tearing it up out there. Um, but if your paycheck is on the line, who are you taking to win the whole thing right now? Gonzaga. Yeah, I, I haven't wavered on that. I, I just think that what happened to them last year, I think that'll be a motivating force and a focus come tournament time. If I had to bet one, I think it has to be Gonzaga. I mean, there's Why? they're two talent. The, the the front court talent, I think Chet's turning a corner. I think he'll be re- I think you'll see a different Chet in March and April than you saw in November, right? I mean, because that Chet didn't dominate the game, right? And now he's he was figuring like out timid. How- he was right. timid at times. I think I think he I think he has figured out the way he needs to play. I think these games have been the best thing for him in the WCC. Yeah. And again, it's a different level. It's a different level of physicality that he hasn't dealt with. But I think I think he changes things for them. And I still think Andrew Nempard can be one one of the best, if not the best, point guard in the country when he plays at his best. And we were talking about him in that respect early in the season, right? In some of those non-conference games. We were all saying, like, all right, there's not any great, great point guards. I'll take Nemhar because he knows how to run a team. And at that point, he was making shots from three. We just – it's out of sight, out of mind a little bit. And then, obviously, it, everybody comes at you with when you pick Gonzaga, well, they don't play anybody. They don't. Well, yeah, they did get to two championship games in the last five years. Like, that's pretty damn hard to do. I don't care what league you're coming out of. Baylor, yes, they were the better team last year. I, I would say to me – and it's hard for me. I would agree with you guys on Gonzaga, but man, Kentucky's creeping up there for me. They're damn like they're making me think about choosing Gonzaga right now. The only argument I have against Kentucky is they are foul trouble. They are Oscar Sheway foul trouble yeah. away from going out yeah. against somebody in the second round of the tournament. I mean, I, I think that like like that can be. Yeah. I think Gonzaga has more versatility and pieces that we're questioning the physicality of Chet. But guess what? Timmy's going to take that guy. So he doesn't have to right. deal with that. And he comes in as a secondary defender. Yeah. They got to worry about him, which is how you're going to match up with that. And so that that's the only knock I have on Kentucky is yep. can they get away with, you know, will will it turn the ball over? Which tie tie we're going to get? Yeah. You know, there's a lot more question marks. I feel a lot more certain about Gonzaga than I do Kentucky in that manner. But I do think Kentucky can beat anybody. But I, I had to bet the house. If I had to bet Sweeney's money, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with. <laughs> Listen, we're all going to spend Sweeney's money in New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, we got to swing that money. <laughs> we are all going to spend it. I, I feel bad for you, Sweeney, because, like, you are just going to get crushed in New Orleans. Because <laughs> everybody thinks you're making, like, six figures, like, no problem right now. And. It's gonna be a rough night for you. We're gonna one night. We're yeah, we're gonna okay. hit you pretty hard. Open a, open a count up at the bar. We got you. That's I got right. it. That's right. All right. All right. Let's do three <laughs> cheers. We'll start with Sweeney. He's got. Uh, I don't know what. What do you got? What do you got tonight? Uh, cheers to the Mountain West. Cheers to Colorado State. And, and cheers to David Roddy. You know, I was out there yep. a couple of days uh, over the weekend, and I mean, first off, great atmosphere in Wyoming. Oh. I was. I'm not sure I'm ever going to go go to Laramie again, but I'm glad I did. Uh, it was great to see that battle against uh, a really good Boise team. And then Colorado State packing it at Moby. I mean, that was 
a really, again, a really fun atmosphere. Everybody packed in orange and uh, amazing game. I mean, you know, rallying back to San Diego state to take the lead and then David Roddy with the clutch shot. And obviously David Roddy, I, I wrote a, a feature on him. You can check it out over at SI published today. Um, but just, I mean, and Goodman, you told me this, you had kind of talked to him, met the yeah, kid a little bit. It's awesome. Just, I mean, when you think of like, who is the ideal college athlete, David Roddy, man, like unbelievable kid. He's so honest. Yeah. So, so like, honest. Everything. Um, yep. you know, was involved in all these like clubs in high school about equity and inclusion and is involved in the same things at Colorado state. And, you know, he's a leader. He plays all five positions. He doesn't care who gets the credit. Like, he, I mean, look, he comes in and it was just, you know, he, he comes in, he comes in the game, you know, he, after, after hitting a buzzer beater to win the game and I storm the court and he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm just happy for this atmosphere. I'm happy for, for the school. Like it's all about the school. It's not about him. And I, yeah. I just love that kid. So shout out to, shout out to them and shout out to the, the people of Fort Collins and, uh, and right. Lucky Joe's for showing me a good time afterwards. So. Yeah. David Roddy, one of the, Outstanding. Just truly underrated players that you wish more people would get a chance to see. RC, who, who you got tonight? You know what? I'm going to go home on this one. I'm going to go to Steve Forbes and Wake Forest. I, I, I have, as an alum, you know, they, they're 20 and 5. Yep. It, yep. It's happened a hell of a lot faster. And I know the resume isn't the best against non-conference and those things. But nonetheless, they are playing their way into the tournament. And, and, and at 20 and 5, Kudos to him as an alum. It's been fun to watch. I, I, I'm, I'm these guys' biggest fan, and and I couldn't be prouder of him as an alum to get that thing going as quickly as he did to a great guy. Amazing. No, amazing. Listen, you just better hope you got enough money that, that you can keep him at this point because, man, he's doing well enough that, that some other schools are going to go after him. Yeah. All right, my cheers is to a team that ended – a 169-game conference winning streak. And it is the Villanova Wildcats women's team who mm. beat the UConn women. The UConn women have won 169 consecutive conference games. That is insane. Complete insanity. So congrats, Villanova women's team. That is one hell of an accomplishment. So cheers. All right, there you have it. Appreciate everybody for joining us tonight. Field of 68 After Dark. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Make sure you watch us every night on SiriusXM, ESPN Radio, Channel 84. And uh, thanks to RC, Sweeney. Hope you have fun, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off.
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.